Turn over to Numbers chapter 20 this morning. Numbers chapter 20. We're going to continue our uh, series of lessons on the Pentateuch, and we're going through the first five books of the Bible and kind of just do an overview. And today's lesson is on Moses' sin. Moses' sin out of Numbers chapter number 20. So if you've got your Bible there, Numbers chapter 20, we'll read a few verses together. <clears throat> I did pick up some Valentine questions for you this morning since today is Valentine's Day. All right? So we're going to see how smart you are. Are you ready? What Valentine's Day candy was first created on equipment made for throat longenses? Longenses. What? No. Nope. Sweethearts. Actually, that's true, by the way. This is, this is true. Okay. Next one. When did sweethearts first get their shape? Come on, you don't know these things? These are, these are vital to life. 1901. Okay, never mind. Okay, let me do this. How about this one? From where was the oldest known Valentine's Day message sent from? Prison is right. Who did you say prison? It's right. It's prison. All right. Good. Okay. I guess that guy was married. Okay. Um, let's see here. I was joking. That was in 1415, by the way. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. Here's a good one. About how many roses are sent for Valentine's Day each year? It's in the millions, by the way. How many do you think? Try 50. 50 million roses are sent. Look across the room. All of the fellows got roses for their wives. I mean, that's part of the 50 million. All right. Okay. I guess not. Let's see here. On average, how many marriage proposals are there on every Valentine's Day? Every Valentine's Day. How many people do you think propose in marriage? 220,000. Can you imagine that? 220,000. Anybody, anybody in here you got married on Valentine's Day? All right. You weren't part of the 220,000 then, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Letters to Juliet, that's Romeo and Juliet, by the way. Letters to Juliet are sent to what city every year? Italy. Italy is right. Verona, Italy. Very good. That's pretty good. Does anybody know what the yellow rose symbolizes? Friendship. Friendship. Man, I wouldn't have got that one. That's pretty good. All right. Okay, let's see if you know this one, all right? Kissing increases most people's heart rate to how many beats per minute? Okay, this is pretty important. 110. So if you want to lose weight, start kissing, all right? Make sure you're married, though, all right? All right, okay, I better stop. My wife don't like those kind of questions. Okay. Numbers chapter 20 this morning, okay? Let's go ahead and uh, let's pray first, and we'll look at this together. Father, thank you again for the day. Lord, would you again help us to have an understanding of the story, and then Lord Moses' sin, help us again take some things that would apply to our own lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The lesson this morning is, is going to come from the lesson. Uh, again, I hope that you'll follow along with me. But look at Numbers chapter 20, verse number 2. The Bible says, And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our uh, brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? Look at verse 5. And wherefore, in other words, why? Wherefore have, have ye made us to come out of Egypt? Think about that. Moses didn't make them come out of Egypt. They didn't want to be there. To bring us into this evil place, it is no place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. Now let me just stop for just a second here, church family. This is, is somewhat of a familiar story because the Lord had water come from a rock another time. Now we understand, I think it's Exodus 17, I'm going from memory, but it's in your lesson. But if you remember correctly, the children of Israel didn't have water, they murmur against Moses, and God says, I, what I want you to do is I want you to go take your rod, I want you to hit the rock, and I want you to hit the rock, water's gonna come out. I think that's Exodus 17. And then that's what Moses did, and he did exactly that. He hit the rock, water came out. In this instance, God says, I want you to speak to the rock. He didn't tell them to hit the rock, he told them to speak to the rock, and then they would get water from the rock. Now, let me just tell you the significance, and again, this should be in your lesson. The significance is, is that in 1 Corinthians, the Bible says that Jesus is the rock. All right, are you with me so far? So if Jesus is the rock, the Bible says that he would die once and for all sin, which means when, when Moses smote the rock, it's a picture of the death of Christ on the cross. The second time, it was like putting Christ to death a second time, and Christ doesn't get put to death the second time. It's only one time, and he died for all. So Amen. the spiritual significance is, is that the first time he was supposed to smite the rock, but the second time he was not supposed to smite the rock because it's not a true picture of the, of the, of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's see what happens here. Of course, he, doesn't, he does hit the rock again. Verse number nine. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of his rock. Now, I don't know if you can uh, hear the anger or disturbing uh, speech of Moses here, but he's calling them names. He says, look, hey, rebels, you know, you want to rebel against God? Okay, we'll get you water out of the rock. So he's not very happy. Look what happens next in verse number 11. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Now, Church, I want to talk about Moses' sin this morning. And to me, the reason this is so important is because, uh, there's several reasons, but, you know, Moses was a great man of God. I mean, when you think about, he's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. What's Hebrews chapter 11? It's a hall of faith. I mean, he believed God. It was Moses that caused the children of Israel not to be killed a whole lot earlier, multiple times. I mean, God says, Moses, get out from among those people. I'm just going to kill them all. I mean, when Dathan and Abiram, when they were complaining against God, when they go, didn't go into the, into the promised land, you understand that they would have been dead a long time ago if it wasn't for Moses. Moses' prayer. He was an amazing man of God when it came to prayer. He was an amazing man of God when it came to faith. It's interesting in Numbers chapter 12, it says, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, I mean, you talk about a good character trait, uh, meek in the sense that you makes, you makes you wonder, why did he lose his temper? He was the meekest man on all the earth. So it wasn't the matter that Moses was this, you know, great ungodly person. He was a man of God that still was a man, all right? And again, we want to prepare parallel to all of us this morning. No matter how many good qualities you have, you still have weaknesses. And no matter how good of a Christian you've been in the past, you still have the opportunity to sin in the future. And so uh, I, want to, I want to just give, I'm going to go through the application this morning of Moses. They're on the, I think the backside of your um, Sunday school lesson. But I want you to think about Moses and, of course, uh, why he did what he did. You know, when you look at his sins, and again, they're, they're listed there, but the different sins that Moses has had in Numbers chapter 20, 
again, is where our story is. Verse number 10. I feel like the reason he calls them rebels, almost a pride thing. He says, and he gathered them. He says, how, how now, uh, here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water? It wasn't Moses fetching them water. It was God giving them water. So again, there almost a tendency of pride. Um, I'm going to have you turn to it because I would like for you to see it. But look at Psalm 106, okay? Psalm 106, another recap of the story. But Psalm 106, look at verse number 32. Psalm 106, verse 32. The Bible says this, They angered him, Israel, him being Moses, they angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. All right, so, I mean, on your lesson, I've got anger there. So pride and anger in Numbers chapter 20, God said, because you didn't believe me, unbelief. Uh, in chapter 20, verse number 12, look at that verse too, this is kind of interesting, verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. God says, you didn't glorify me. Because you didn't glorify me, guess what? You're not going into the promised land. So Moses and Aaron, of course, punished by God because they did not obey God. Now, I want to go through the application with us for this morning. And again, think about it. You know, Moses, to me, is one of those characters in the Bible that we always look to, like Apostle Paul, um, sometimes, maybe even to a degree, Joseph in the Old Testament. I mean, just different people. And, you know, it's interesting that God did not give us a book of just the good about people. He gave us a book even about the bad about people. And uh, again, all of us have our good and bad, and I think there's things that we can learn from Moses this morning. So let's quickly run through these this morning. I want you to think about them. The first one I, I wrote down here as far as application about Moses and, his, and the sin that he committed was that previous victory over temptation does not guarantee future victory. Now, I think that you can make the parallel this morning. The first time the people were murmuring against him, he said, go hit the rock, and he did exactly what God said, and God gave water to the rock. Almost the same scenario, except God said, speak to the rock, and he, he doesn't pass the test. And, you know, I think sometimes we as Christians, if we're not careful, and I use the word careful because of 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth, finish it with me, ready? Take heed lest he fall. I think that just because you've had victory in, uh, in areas of your life in the past, you cannot get to the place where you think, I can do it. It's not a problem. Because it, Moses is a prime example that previous victory over temptation did not guarantee future victory. Just, I mean, we've got <laughs> several chapters of the Bible in the, in the Pentateuch that talk about how many times the children of Israel provoked Moses. It says they murmured against Moses. They spake against Moses. I mean, Moses had gone through this time and time again. And because of this meek spirit that he had, he just went to God with it. God, I, I don't know what to do. They're about to stone me. What am I supposed to do? And, and yet this time... Okay, he talks to God, but he comes back, and he comes right back at them. Okay, you want to put pressure on me? I'm going to put pressure on you, you stinking rebel. And it goes back to, again, a good reminder that in our lives, that just because you've had previous victory doesn't mean you're going to have future victory. Um, the uh, young people, when they're young, they're thin and energetic, metabolism is still flowing. Uh, you know, they can eat like a horse and, you know, gain weight like a mouse. I mean, they're just, they just do very, very well, okay? And as the older we get, we understand that you're, that changes, all right, at least for most people. And uh, I, on, on multiple, I say multiple, I should say at least two or three that I can think of even right now. They, there were kids that were in college, and I told them, I said, listen, you keep eating like that. When you get to be older, you are going to gain the weight. And I, I don't know, every time they always say the same thing, not me. Not going to happen to me. Now, I have been in the same place long enough to see my prophecy come to pass. <laughs> it's just a part of life. 
And he said, listen, if you don't get self-control when you're at 18, you're not going to have self-control when you're 30. And I, and I, and I tell him that. And I said, listen, you know, j just because there's food in front of you doesn't mean you should be eating. All right. And of course, when they're 18, you know, they could care less. You know, they're going to work it off. You know, they, they, they lose weight without even trying. And, I, and, and I, I'll tell you, I had this one person just adamant. Not going to happen. And this, this particular person was really, really thin. Not going to happen to me. I'm not, not going to happen. I said, I hate to tell you this, it's probably going to happen. No, nope, not going to happen. You know, sometimes we do that in our Christian life. We get so confident in our life that we're not going to yield to temptation. And that's going to be the very temptation you're going to yield to. So it's no wonder that he put verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians 10 right before verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. God says, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The idea is this, is there are a variety of temptations and we think, oh, I can't be tempted. I've never drunk, I've never drank alcohol, never smoked. But to be honest with you, church, I, mean, I don't want to be around it. All right. And the reason I want to be around it is because I don't ever want that temptation for me to do that. All right. So. You and I are no different when it comes to our Christianity. You've got to be careful that, oh, that wouldn't affect me. I, 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 I would never do that. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. There's people who thought they would never do things. They did things. Adam and Eve. Eve ate of the fruit. And I want to tell you why she ate of the fruit. Because there was a real Satan. And I want to tell you what's going to cause you to mess up. There's a real Satan. Be sober. Be what? Vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion. And that word sober means serious-minded. It means to be serious about what's happening around you. And so, again, we must be careful that, uh, in this area. So previous victory does not, over temptation does not guarantee future uh, victory. Next one. Satan will attack you where you seem to be strong. It's kind of, these kind of go hand in hand. And I go with Numbers 12, verse number 3, where it says that Moses was the meekest man in all the earth, but yet it was still Moses who loses his temper. Now think about that. Meekness and anger do not usually go together. Alrighty. But Satan attacked Moses in what probably was a very strong area of his life. You remember what happened in Numbers chapter 12? In Numbers chapter 12, Aaron and Miriam are criticizing Moses because of the Ethiopian woman that he married. And Moses is the leader, and Moses doesn't get upset about it. He doesn't attack back. And how many times he did that with the children of Israel? But yet in this instance, he does attack back. You know, to me, if he was the meekest man in all the earth, that was a strength in his life. And yet it was the very strength of his life that Satan attacked him at. And I, I want to tell you, wherever you think you might be strong, it goes back to take heed lest you fall. All right, another thing that's kind of interesting is uh, the idea of people will provoke us to sin. Now, we read it in Psalm 106 that it says he spake uh, unadvisedly with his lips. And it says there because the people provoked him. You know, the scripture talks about the word provoke. In Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, all right? Um, you know, when you provoke somebody to do something, you're trying to get them what you, want, what you want them to do, all right? Like, for instance, a person is going to provoke a fight, all right? If a person's going to provoke a fight, what are they? They start calling the guy names. If they're going to provoke a fight, they might push them, all right? What are they doing? They're trying to initiate a response, all right? What did the children of Israel do? They initiated a response from Moses that kept him from going into the promised land. Hey, we have to be careful that we act and don't react as Christians. We can't allow people to control us. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. What's a city without, without walls, okay? So if there's no walls and the enemy can come right into the city, it, it, what, it, it, what it means is, is that a person is open to people and circumstance. 
Now, can I tell you, as a, as, a, as a child of God, we're supposed to be in control of our spirit so that we're not in control by people and circumstance. Okay, so people sometimes will can provoke you, and circumstances can sometimes. Something happens, causes you to get upset, lose your temper, or circumstance. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes people say something. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the what? Mighty. All right. Are you with me this morning? It says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. The strongest person is not the strongest person. It's not a matter of physical strength. It's a matter of being strong enough to control your spirit. And your spirit has everything to do with uh, not, not only as far as what we say, what we do, what we eat, where we go, who we associate with. It's a matter of being in control of your spirit, all right? Not letting your spirit just do whatever it wants to do, all right? So again, this third one here is that people will provoke us to sin. Just remember, do you remember in First Chronicles when David numbered the people? Do you remember why David numbered the people? The Bible says in verse number one that the Bible says that Satan provoked David to number the people. You know, can I tell you something? Oftentimes we are provoked by outside circumstances and sometimes people and even Satan himself. We have to be in control of ourselves. We cannot let um, ourselves, you know, a person sometimes they say things they don't mean. All right. A husband and wife get into an argument. You get upset with a coworker. And then later on, you have to go back and apologize for what you said. You know, I shouldn't have said that. You know what happened? Your spirit was provoked and you, just like Moses, you just let out whatever was coming to your mind. So Moses was provoked by others. And so we have to put up some protection so we don't let, let people or circumstances cause us to do, do or say things that would be sinful. All right, look at the next one here. This one to me is probably one of the most important things in this passage here. And I, you should have a number four, I believe, or I don't know if it's D or what if you have in front of you there on this application. But just remember, look at this. It says, God wants, uh, wants to be represented well before others. And I'm going to read. I, I, hopefully, you've got the same thing I've got on my paper here. Moses and Aaron were the leaders of Israel and represented God to the people. When they became angry and lashed out against the people by calling them rebels, they did not bring honor to God for whom they were speaking. Now, you have three or four or five references there. Leviticus 10, verse 3, Numbers 20, verse 12, 27, 14, Deuteronomy 32, 51. What you will find if we were to read all of those is that the word sanctify. God was upset because they did not sanctify him before the people. What does the word sanctify mean? It means to set apart. Do me a favor. I want you to look at one of these together. Look at your Bible. Verse, you're in Numbers chapter 20. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. So God says, you're not going into the promised land. I'm going to tell you why. Because you were representing me and you're a poor representation. You know, God wants us to glorify him in our life. And God was really upset with Moses and Aaron because they were a bad representation of God. You know, we get to, when we uh, get, go to heaven, uh, we're going to all stand at the judgment seat of Christ, right? That's what the Bible says, book of Corinthians, as well as in the book of Revelation. We're all going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Can I tell you what, what's, and I know we're going to be judged according to our works, both good and bad. It's where the rewards are going to be given out. Which are, can I tell you that, at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be rewarded by how we represented Christ. And I want to tell you something, God doesn't like it when we're a poor, poor representation. You know, our problem is, is we think we're a representation of ourselves. How do I look? How am I dressed? What does a person think of my position? But church family, we're not representing us. We're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, as I go back to, and hopefully it's a constant reminder, the only two reasons you and I were created, glorify God, do his pleasure, that's it. So if I do not glorify God, I am not living for what God created me for, and I'm not living to represent him appropriately. 
Why should, a, why should a Christian dress like a Christian? Because he represents God. Amen. Why should a Christian not use the Lord's name in vain? Because he represents God. Amen. Why should a Christian go to church? Because he represents God. All I'm trying to say is, is that Moses' sin was because he did not sanctify the Lord. Now think about the rest of the verse. He did not sanctify the, the Lord in the eyes of the people. In other words, the perception of people, they ought to see the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. And we do that by being a good representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you think about Moses' sin. Church family, Moses didn't get to go in the promised land. I mean, after leading these, these people all over there, I mean, Moses had other issues. He killed an Egyptian. <laughs> That's called murder. But the one sin that kept him out was because, truthfully, the one thing that Lord really stresses here, you didn't sanctify me before the people. You made me look bad. You did what you wanted to do, not what I would do, and that gave a bad representation of me. And I want to tell you something, we as Christians, we ought to make sure we represent the Lord Jesus Christ in the right manner. All right, one more here. If you look at the last one this morning. There are misblessings when we sin against God. All of these are talking about, all those references are talking about the, uh, Moses not being able to go to the land of Israel. You know, it's interesting that Moses wanted so bad to go into the promised land that he asked God multiple times, and then God finally said, don't ask me about this again. He says, I'm going to let you see it with your eyes, but you're not going to be able to go into the land. You're going to be able to see it from the top of the mountain, but you're not going to be able to go in and experience what I had for God's people. There are missed blessings that we oftentimes miss out on simply because of sin in our life. Was Moses a great man, yes or no? Yes, he was a great man. I mean, he's mentioned throughout the Bible. I mean, you talk about, even in the New Testament, the law of Moses, the Pentateuch. He wrote, he's the author, as we, as we know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I mean, he's mentioned as the person that the Bible, that God said, spoke face to face with him. That's what God said. All right. So, I mean, a great, great, great man. But the flaw in his life that kept him from going to the promised land was simply not believing God, not sanctifying God before the people. Hey, can I tell you something? It's the same thing with us. We got a book that we hold in our hand. In other words, our obedience to that book is our faith. All right, what's this church based upon? This church is supposed to be based upon uh, using the Bible as its faith and practice. Am I correct? Faith and practice. So if that's the, if that's the policy or if that's the principle of the Heritage Baptist Church, it's really the principle of the, the individual in the church. As a Christian, your life should be based upon the, the Bible for its faith and practice. Uh, Moses didn't believe God because that's what God said. Hey, because you didn't believe me, because you didn't sanctify me before the people, you're not going to the promised land. How about you this morning? You know, the biggest thing is taking God at his word and then being a good representation of that. That's really what it is. Hey, we're going to live in this world for just a short time. God says, you know, if you get your three score in 10 and 70 years, you're doing well. If God gives you four score, you can do better. But you know, in that amount of time, which is just the brevity of life, compared to eternity with God. I want you to know what it's going to go back to? Your faith and practice. Whether or not you believe the Lord Jesus Christ as far as his word, and if you lived it as a good representation for him. You know, we as Christians, we need to work and strive to be the good representation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you something, God's not happy when we're not a good representation. How many of you have children here? Raise your hand. You got kids? Has your kids ever been a bad representation of you? Okay. My kids have never done that. I'm sure one day it'll happen. I'm trying to prepare myself. Somebody came up the other day and said, um, I think it might have been Mrs. Edwards. She said, Mrs. Edwards in here? It was you, I think. She says, Stephen acts just like you. Mm -hmm. That's true. I, I couldn't figure if it was a compliment or an insult. 
By the way, I just, I'm warning you right now. I just want to warn you. Okay, Stephen got his permit this week. Right. Yeah, I'm just telling you. If I were you, I'd park in the softball field. All right. <laughs> I told Stephen. Stephen drove me. As soon as he got his permit, he wanted to drive. So I drove him. So uh, I got in the car together. And actually, I, I was fairly shocked. He actually stayed between the lines. I was shocked. I really was. <laughs> When my kids found out that I was driving with Steve and they all came up to me one by one, gave me a hug, said, Dad, we love you. <laughs> I thought it was thoughtful of them. I really did. They did. I said, well, thank you. I love you too. See you in heaven. Um, but sometimes Stephen does things, and all, all my kids are the same way. They all do things sometimes they shouldn't do, but Stephen sometimes, he just does things that, Stephen, why did you do that? That doesn't even make sense. Don't ever do that again or I'm going to kill you. And it just doesn't. Hey, can you imagine your heavenly father when he looks at you sometimes? Stephen. Hey, why would you do that? That doesn't even make sense. I love you. Don't ever do it again or I'll kill you. Well, God doesn't do that. But I want to tell you something. We look at our own children and sometimes we scratch our head. Why do they do what they do? And God, we do the same thing to God. God's already told us what to do. He's given us a book in our hand, told us how to live our life, how to raise our children, and what he wants us to do as far as his will. And we still do our own thing. And you know what? We're a bad sanctification of the Lord Jesus Christ, a bad representation of what God wants us to be in front of the public, God, in front of lost and saved alike. So guess what? Moses, the great man of God, missed out on some blessings, specifically the promised land, simply because he didn't do what every Christian ought to do. Believe God, be a good representation of him. Believe God, be a good representation of him. I know you go through trials. I know you go through things that you don't like. But church family, we're going to be in heaven one day. This is not our rest. Amen. And sometimes, you know, you're, you're unhappy. So I, just, I just wish, wish things weren't this way. But church, I want to tell you that one day we're going to be for them forever. And until then, believe God, be a good representation of him. All right? Now, thankfully, we're not like Moses. We're not going to miss out on the promised land. That's done. I'm saved on my way to heaven. That's secure. But I want to tell you something, you still miss out on some blessings of God in this life simply because we don't believe God and we're not a good representation of him.